This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. Taking out your Bibles to 1 John chapter number 1. As Ron said, we're starting a new series, and you probably picked up on the theme of our video. And everybody say these words today. Say, the way, the way. to joy. The way to joy. The way to joy. We're going to hit this for the next few Sundays, and you're going you're gonna to be blessed by it. First John chapter 1, we go, verse number 1. We proclaim you, the one who existed from the beginning, whom we have heard and seen. We saw him with our own eyes and touched him with our own hands. He is the word of life. This one who is life itself was revealed to us and we have seen him. And now we testify and proclaim to you that he is the one who is eternal life. He was with the Father and then he was revealed to us. Verse 3. We proclaim to you that we ourselves have actually seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Verse 4 needs to be underlined. We are writing these things so that you may fully share our joy. That you may share our joy. The first piece of this series today is this subtopic, Walk in the Light. Let's get started today. I've already seen a handful of Christmas commercials by television and maybe even some advertisements elsewhere through, through uh, advertisement that just kind of pop up through social media. But it is obvious, everybody, that Christmas is here. And it's obvious that once again, our culture, media, uh, the, the marketing of America is without question trying to get us off track of what Christmas really is all about. And I'm not going to be goofy and hand out bumper stickers that say he's the reason for the season. Those kind of get tired and weary after a while. But I will say that if you just have open eyes and, 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 a, and a clear heart, you will see that media and marketing and our culture wants you to accrue more debt, wants you to spend money that you don't need to be spending right now, wants you to just swipe your way to the Christmas tree. And uh, it'll take you about summertime to get it paid off, so don't do that. And then it also, it, it's causing, I, I, I can see it, it's obvious. If you just have an open eye and heart, it's, it's, it's bringing division in the family because of materialism. But here's the big struggle I have with, with what's going on pushing Christmas right now. And that is, it's just another effort by our culture to disconnect us from faith. To get us off track. And I want to go on record today and for the next few Sundays to remind uh, this local church that Christmas began. The purpose of Christmas, it began and it still remains the way to joy. I had us read out of 1 John. Some of you may not be familiar with this, so let me catch you up. John wrote five Bibles in the New Testament. uh, Five books in the New Testament, rather. He wrote... Five books in the Bible, in in the New Testament. First of all, it's St. John, the gospel according to John. Some of you are familiar with the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And that's kind of John's take on the life, the times, the ministry, the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. But then he also wrote what we read out of 1 John. He wrote 2 John. He wrote 3 John. And then he concludes in his writings in the book of Revelation. I want you to kind of get an idea of why John wrote what we read from 1 John. It's because he he caught wind that there was a sect of people, a group of people that were sharing, that were communicating A a belief system, a philosophy, a doctrine that was in conflict with the truth. And that doctrine or that way of thinking was Gnosticism. 
meaning a Gnostic believes that the body or the physical matter is bad, but spirit is good. They did not believe that Jesus was the only begotten Son of God. They really didn't even believe he existed. They believe in a spirit form. They believe in something greater of the spirit realm, but they did not give honor and validity to the life of Jesus. And John, being this pastor, being this apostle, it was almost like his heart was hurting because that belief system was starting to be shared so often that he thought, you know what, I need to get a hold of this and I need to write a letter and tell the believers, this is what, this is what you're dealing with. Have your eyes open, have your ears open and, and, and understand you're drinking coffee, you're playing golf, you're hanging out with some people that, that do not even believe that Jesus existed. So be careful. So he put it in letter form where everybody could like it on social media and share it. I was just seeing if you were awake. He wrote it in letter form where everybody could share it and, and everybody could get in on the loop or in the loop. It matters who you do life with. Because you're just a few conversations away from having your faith challenged. And when your faith is challenged, if it is not secure, it could be compromised. So therefore, having our faith secured by teachings such as this today, will allow you to have your faith challenged in relationships, but not compromised. Let's, let's, let's kind of get started here. He, he starts out, we just read verses 1 through 4, let's go to verse 5. He starts out with establishing what, what will be our subtopic today. This is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you, God is light and there is no darkness in him at all now you got to understand here John is writing this letter to a group of people that did not they did not walk around and do life with Jesus they were Christ followers but they came to know of the truth of Christianity after Jesus's death burial resurrection and his ascension so now what they have heard are the words of the disciples. And John's saying, hey, I, I actually hung out with him. I know him. I, I actually walked around with him. We did meals together. I, I, I literally watched him perform miracles. And I need you to know what his message was. His message was that God is light. And you're telling me that you're in fellowship with God, but yet... You still live in darkness. This is, this is how it says. Verse 6. We're lying if we say we have fellowship with God but go on living in spiritual darkness. We're not practicing the truth. But if we're living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other. And the blood of Jesus' his Son cleanses us from all sin. If we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. Verse 9. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. If we claim we have not sinned, we're calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our heart. Everyone say, walk in the light. Let's talk about light just for a minute. Because if we're going to, we want to be familiar with what this means. John says, when I was with Jesus, he had this message and his message was, God is light. So, this thing called light. First of all, light illuminates. It, it illuminates. Genesis chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And then he separated the light from the darkness. He established light. Then he separated it from the darkness, light, it illuminates. In other words, no light, no sight. 
God is sight. God, in your life, God will light it up so much so that you will have light to see how to live, how to function, how to, how to operate. How to, the Bible says this, Psalms 119, 105, that your word, this is, this is, this is, this is a Bible. That's, it's, these are pages. Now, some of you have that on your smart device. I just wanted to introduce to you what happened before smartphones. This, this, this is a book. And mine's, it's like coffee table size book. The Bible says about this or the one on your iPhone that you're looking at. That your word is a lamp. It is a light. To what? My path. In other words... Imagine this was the very first ever flashlight. When I have God's word, I can light up my path and I can see where not to step. I can see what areas not to go in. In other words, it's almost like if I have a dangerous ditch on this side and a dangerous ditch on this side, without God's light... I'll fall into trouble. But as long as I have the light of Jesus Christ, the word of Jesus Christ, if I have God's word, it lights up my path and it keeps me out of trouble. So many times when Tommy, when I get myself in trouble, it's simply because I had not activated, I had not turned on the light that is provided to me, the Word of God, the Spirit of God. I'm choosing to stumble around in darkness, and I find myself staying in the ditch of trouble in life, and it's all because I'm not in fellowship with the, everybody say, the light. Light illuminates. But guess what else it does? Light reveals. It exposes what was once not Seen Ephesians 5 verse 13, but their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. <laughs> Let's go back to the word, this, this thing called the Bible. Whenever I allow God's word to shine on me, in other words, when I submit myself to the word of God, it just, it illuminates, but it also reveals to me where I need to go to work. What I need to change. Some, some people may not know this. This is a fascinating thing. I didn't, I didn't talk about this in the first service. It's not in my notes. I just, I just kind of feel like to say it. Do you know that this is literally what, what we will be judged by? I don't, I, don't, I don't know if everybody's aware of this. We'll be judged by, by this. And when I allow it to shine on me, and when I submit myself to its brightness and its illuminating ability and power, it reveals what's in my heart that needs to be modified. Light illuminates and it reveals. It says in the Bible, again, it makes everything visible. This is why it is said, wake up, sleeper. Rise up from the dead and Christ will Give you light. Matthew chapter 5 verse 14. You are the light of the world like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. What do we do instead? We, the lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see that everyone will praise your heavenly father philippians 2:15 here's your scripture everybody if you're looking for something to write down if you're looking for something to 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 make a life scripture out of open up your app open up these notes screenshot this scripture philippians 2:15 so that no one will criticize you live clean Innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. 
Everybody say, walk in the light. Why? Because light will illuminate. It will show you how to live. Plus, it will reveal to you what, what's not seen. Do you realize that when you live in the light of God's goodness and the light of his word, it will literally reveal to you what relationships are unhealthy for you? Can I preach a little while? It will reveal to you what, what, what business dealings are not right for you. It will reveal to you what, what purchases may not be right for you. Every choice needs to be ran through the filter of God's light because it will bring forth what you may not see in the natural. And we can really drill down. We can make this, man, I feel like I'm preaching stuff that I never even touched in the first service, and I'm not sure why, but just receive this right now. We could take this layer by layer. as though It would be like an onion. We could get all the way down to when, 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 you meet somebody, when you come into relationship with someone, if you're not in the light of God's goodness and you're not where you, when you're not living and walking in the light, there could literally be the wrong people for your life. Well, well man, how do I, how do I know the differences? It, 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 it's not for you to know, it's the light. The light, God's light will reveal to you who you need to be in partnership yes. with. Amen. So it illuminates, it, it reveals, but then also it energizes. Light energizes, man. Light does it. Man, you flip the, what do you do if your kids won't wake up? You turn on the lights. Then you pour cold water on them. You turn on the lights. And you tickle their feet. You turn on the lights. You pull the covers back. You turn on the lights. Why? Because you got to get moving. Man, this time change is crazy. It's like 6 o'clock in the evening, and I'm like, I need a shower and just go to bed. Everybody leave me alone. I'm tired. But it's only 6. Denora and I, we were invited to dinner the other night to, to, to spend some time with some friends here uh, associated with our church. And, and, and they, 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 didn't, they wanted to do dinner at 7. And I, I told Denora, I said, I just I don't understand it. That's like I'm 43, and I'm operating like I'm 90. It's, we, we eat earlier than that. At 7 o'clock, man, it's like done for me because it's so dark. Come to my house at 6 o'clock, I'm three cups of coffee in, and I'm ready to go in the morning time. But, man, this darkness thing versus light thing, it's such a reality. Light energizes. John 10 and 10 says the enemy, the purpose of the enemy is to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come to give you life. The light has come to give you life. There's three uses of the Greek for the word life in the New Testament. One is bios. It's where we get biology. And it's speaking of your physical body. And then there's suke. And it's referring to your soul or the mind, the emotions, your will. But then there's one word used in the Greek for life. It's zoe. You might be familiar with it. Zoe. John 1 and 4 gives reference to it. It says, in him was life. And the life was the light of men. This is referring to your eternal life. God is so much light that he sent his only begotten son that when he gave his life for you, it literally secured your eternal life. But away from the light of that life, you'll remain in darkness. The only way... To eternal life is to get into the light of God. The light of God. So here's, here's the cool part. First John just doesn't tell us that God is light. First John shows us how to, how to apply that. And how to walk in the light of God. Because that's what we all need. It's one thing to know that God is light and God is good. God is loving God is forgiving. God is grace. But it's another thing to know how to get into that and how to walk that out and how to make that a part of your, of your world. Let's go back to our text. 1 John chapter 1 again, verse number 7 tells us this, that if you're going to walk in the light, you're going to have to walk in fellowship. You're going to walk in fellowship. But if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other. We have fellowship with each other. You are 
who you run with. I'm going to do a little pastoring in this 11 o'clock service right now. I'm telling you, majority of the time when we get into a tough spot, when we fall into the ditch on the left or the right of life, when we find ourselves in trouble, it can always be traced back because of who we were rolling with. You can, you can say grandma's half crazy. You can say the school systems, they don't know what they're talking about. But you can't question the word of God. It matters who you're hanging out with. Stay connected to the family of God. Stay connected to the people that are in the light. That's why this church has taken great effort into creating a beautiful system of small group ministry from student small group ministries that we'll be launching in, in 2018. I'm so excited to know that my, that my high school boys and high school girls and junior high boys and junior high girls will all be able to be in the light together several Wednesdays a month in small group dynamics, not getting lost in a church service, not getting lost with just one preacher in a sermon. Those are great, and that does bring change. But nothing brings change like being in fellowship with people that are in the light. Now, before you think that, that that's foolproof, and before you think that, that, it's, uh, that you can't, you know, uh, that, that, that's going to create perfection, in, in students, I can tell you right now, some of the worst trouble I ever got into in, in school was with people from my own youth group. I could start naming names, but they listen to this podcast weekly. I'm not saying that the church is perfect, but I can tell you this much. If you'll start doing more life with people that are in the light... And I want to be real clear, that doesn't mean they just have to be in this church. I'm talking about Christians. If you'll do life with people of the same faith, going in the same direction, with the same fundamental, not, not all beliefs are going to line up identical, but the fundamental belief that Jesus Christ is Lord. And that he is the only way into the Father. He is the only way to heaven. He is the only way of salvation. If you'll do life with people like that, it is better than the alternative. No all Christians aren't perfect and all Christians are not, they're not living the, you know, you, you feel me? But if you've got to put me in a corner as a pastor and say, would you want, would you want so-and-so hanging out with them or so-and-so? Man, I just want to, I only get one chance at this thing called life and I want to be in the light. I want to be doing everything I can do to walk in the light. Why? Because it's the way to joy. Yeah. It's the way to joy. You know, let me just get, I'm just going to be as honest and open as I can be right now. We're, we're raising kids in my house. We, we're rearing up two beautiful girls, and, and I know I'm always on thin ice when, when, when I bring my family so open. But you know what, man? I only get one chance to this thing called pastoring, and, and, and I want you to know I'm right where you are. We're no different. We're no different than you. And I can tell you right now, we're running, we're running our kids' circles through a filter. We want to know we, we're, we're running who we're doing life with through the filter. Where's the light shining? It's too important right now. I can't, I, I got to see where the light is. Well, do, you know, I need to know their mom. I need to know their dad. I need to know where they do. I need to know where they go. I need to know how they live. If we're going to be spending time, we got to make sure the light's shining. And, and some people think, well, man, that's so, that, that's so controlling. You better believe it's very, very, very controlling. It's very, very, very controlling. And guess what? It's not just me controlling them. I'm doing it to myself. If I find a new relationship in this community, which I'm constantly looking for, I've got, I've got to put the feeder out. I've got to know, is this a good candidate for me to shine light on? Or is this a good candidate for their light to shine on me? I've got to feel this out. And if this, if this relationship is so dark that there's no interest in light, it's going to be a handshake moving on. Because I'm constantly looking for a way to stay in the light. Somebody say amen. Whatever the sound is, I need that sound to stop. It's becoming annoying. Jason, if you can help me with that. There's a, there's a background noise. And my ADD is off the charts. 
I'm very controlling. Everybody say, walk in the light. Walk in the light. Walk in the light. Life's too short to live in the darkness. I got to stay in this light. I got to make sure that the Zoe life is secured. And how do I do that? The way to the life is the, in the light. So I'm going to walk in fellowship. Verse number 8 tells me something else i got to do. i got to walk in transparency. If we claim we have no sin, if we claim to be perfect, then we're fooling ourselves and we're not living in the truth because there's no such thing as perfection. You are, hey, wake up, call newsflash. Some of you have been dying for me to say this. You've been begging me to say this because you're going to nudge the one next to you. You're a sinner. And whoever said amen just went, amen. You're, you're a sinner. You're amen, amen. Hey, I got news for you. It's amen. We're a sinner. Matter of fact, hey, hey, here we go. Everybody say this. I am a sinner. Boom, you said it. You are. You are. You are. And the, the minute that you own up to that is the minute that you'll let the light shine on you. Because if you claim you're without sin, you're lying to yourself, you're lying to God, you're lying to everybody around you. You need Jesus. And the minute that you and I get this is the minute that the light will shine on us. And man, when the light shines on us, man, it illuminates. It, it, it brings forth this healing virtue because it reveals what we really need. Not just what we think we want, but it reveals what we need. And then it also energizes us. Darkness conceals but light, it reveals. Let's live in transparency. And last but not least today is we need to walk in what verse number 9 says is confession. If we confess our sins to Robert, no. To Susie, no. To mom. If we confess our sins to mom, no. If we, conf if we confess our sins to Father Tommy, no. That's not what it says. If we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. Yeah. Now, there's a lot of you, because when we teach growth track at this church, uh, which I'm, I'm excited to tell some of you, because you've been wondering uh, about growth track. Gro growth track, I, I just had this conversation with someone earlier, growth track it, it, it's the door, man. When you open up that door of growth track here at Calvary Church, it just sends you on your way. It happens on Sundays after the 11 o'clock service, and, and it's a blessing. But so many that come through growth track have a Catholic background in this church. You come from a background that, you've, that, that you felt or taught the need to confess to a priest. The Bible tells us very clearly that we have this high priest in Jesus Christ. Confession is nothing more than simply you agreeing with what God already knows about you. You'll never say anything to God that's going to shock him. You may tell your daddy stuff that will blow his mind. <laughs> I've waited for 20 plus years out of high school to start owning up to some stuff. And my daddy will say, I always knew it. And my mama just cries. I never knew you did that. I just thought you were about perfect. And my daddy's like, shh, I knew it the whole time. <laughs> you can't shock God with your confession. You ready? But you can't move him without it. You'll never shock him with your confession. But you can't come into his light without it. 
you have to come into agreement with what God already knows. If not, you're going to be stuck in the darkness. And here's what we would love, right? This is what we want. We're so, we're so crazy. We want to stay in the darkness and want God's light to come over here to us. And God is saying, I, I can't because I've given you this free will. I've given you the ability and the, and the wonderful gift of choice. I need you to confess, backslash, choose to come into my light. And when you do, I'll receive you. I'll bless you. And if you'll walk in this light, you'll always see where you're going. If you walk in this light, I'll always reveal what's not seen by the naked eye. If you'll always walk in this light, I'll, in, in, I'll energize you. I'll give you great faith and confidence and hope. But you've got to walk in confession. Let me close today with this. Jesus walked into darkness intentionally. This may, this may blow some of your minds. Jesus purposely, in his right mind, orchestrated by the Holy Spirit and empowered by the Holy Spirit, Jesus walked into the darkness, the darkness of suffering, the darkness of the crucifixion, they even placed him into the darkness of a tomb. But it was the light of God that brought forth the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the hope that you and I have today. Chapter 1 is concluded. We're moving into chapter 2. My dear children, I'm writing this to you so that you will not sin. Listen how encouraging and understanding the Holy Spirit is through the writ word of God. I'm writing this to you that you will not sin, but if you do. We have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. And he himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins, and not only our sins, but the sins of all the world. I'm writing you this letter because there's this Gnostic group that's wanting to deny that Jesus even existed. I'm trying to keep you in the light. I'm trying to give you this letter so you will not sin. But even if you do, we have an advocate. It's Jesus, the one I walked with, talked with, ate with, did ministry with, that gave us the message that God is like, he atones. He makes you right with God. But you have to walk into that light. I want to close this message in a, in a, in a, a more unique way than, than maybe I normally do. If our worship team can quickly come, prayer partners quickly come. I'm, I'm wanting to do this, and, and I hope I do a better job now than I did earlier. I really, I felt like I fumbled the, the ball in the first service in trying to explain the purpose of the way I'm closing today. Prayer partners, I need you spread out, and I need you tight on the, on the altar. Just make space, and there's a reason for this. Now, I'm taking a chance here because, you know, it's so different. But there's this, there's this place, there's this let me, let me back up. There's this space here in this traditional. David, get on over there. Right there. You're too big to be in my way. There's this space here. And in a traditional Christian church, most, most churches would have it. Most Christian churches would have it. It's this space that's referred to as an altar. That's what it's referred to. Now, some of you, you're, you're familiar with the word, but you've never paused long enough to understand what, what, I don't, I've never thought about that. Why do they call it an altar? It's no, it's no rock, shelf, there's no animals around. What's the, an altar is a place you make a sacrifice, right? Yeah, that's old covenant stuff. New covenant, because of what Jesus did. He got on the altar. 
The altar was the cross. And the Lamb of God that was slain for the sin of the world, he paid once and for all the sin debt for, for you and for me. He paid the sin debt. But in order to stay in, how did y'all get so special to be in the light here? Y'all step over here. I need that. In order for you to stay in the, in the light, you have to familiarize yourself with the work of the altar in the heart. Away from the altar, you'll stay in darkness. Close to the altar, you'll walk in the light. In the darkness, I don't want to sacrifice anything, Chloe. I don't want to, I don't want to give my time. I don't want to give my worship. I want to do things the way I always do things in, 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 the, in the darkness. When I come into the light around the altar, now I'm sacrificing my will not be done, but thy be done. Here in the altar is where I stay in the light. And when I'm in the light, it illuminates. I can see what's going on around me. It, it reveals what maybe I wouldn't see anywhere else. And man, it feels good to be in the light. Bishop Ron did such a masterful, masterful, masterful job in the funeral in Arkansas for his father. He told the story of how a family pet, whatever family pet you have, a dog or a cat, you ever notice they always manage to find the ray of light coming through the window? That's where you'll find them. Something, something powerful about the light, everybody. So how I'm going to close this service is a little unique. And I know it's going to get a little uncomfortable. It's going to get a little tight. You know, it's going to get a little tight. Our prayer partners are here because some of you need special prayer today. You're going through something, and you really do. You, need, you just need to be able to say something to somebody, let them agree with you, and they pray for you. So that's why my prayer partners are here. But I want to make some of you familiar with a space that you've never been before. It's a space called an altar. And we're about to sing a song that we ended with. It's the grace of God, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, His grace will cover you. But there's a space that's always connected with grace. And that space is an altar. You can't, you can't have grace without an altar. You can't do it. And again, I'm going to do a little Bible study. You can't have grace without that cross. You can't have grace without sacrifice. And the sacrifice you're being called on today in this message, the way to joy, what, what God and the Holy Spirit is asking you to sacrifice is to come from the darkness to the light. Now, for those that are like missing it, this is a symbol, obviously. And I want you to symbolize to heaven today where your heart is. So, here's what we're going to do. We're about to stand. If everybody is stand with me. And this is, I'm calling on maturity. I'm calling on involvement. I'm calling on participation. And there's a reason for it. So everybody, just, just kind of work with Pastor Tommy. Work with me a little bit. I want you to leave a little bit of little space where our prayer partners can pray for those that have a need. But I want to see if we can get everybody as close to this space as we can. If we have to go up the wall, that's fine. But I just want you to visualize yourself coming into the light today so if you have a need why don't we do it this way if you have a special need to be prayed over I want you to start coming quickly if you have a physical need in your body if you have a marital need if you have a financial need if you need a miracle of any kind if you need a miracle of any kind if you need special prayer that's what we'll do in this second service it's a little larger crowd if you have a need come on some of you your, your heart's beating right now because you know I'm talking to you and choose to do what you want, but if you have a need, if you have a need, if you have a need, come quickly, if you have a need, if you have a need, 
soon as this is done, we're going we're gonna to familiarize ourselves with an altar. So good to see y'all. Bless you. Bless you today. Bless you today. Bless you today. Bless you today. All right, one last time. If you have a need, come quickly. All right, prayer partners, if y'all can kind of take a step back. I know I'm, I'm calling on full participation, but Pastor Manny, step back. Pastor Manny, talking to you. There you go. Step back. Everybody push in. All right. Come close, everybody. Come on down here with me to the altar. I just want you to feel this. I want you to get in your mind, sacrifice, come into the light today. All right, worship team, let's sing a little bit. No matter where I've been, no matter what I've done, Out of giving your heart to Jesus was marry this girl. <laughs> I'm about to have my friend Brittany pray over you today. Ladies and gentlemen, I leave you with this before we pray. The enemy wants you to believe right now that this song and this message does not apply to you. The enemy wants you to believe there's so much darkness in you that there'll never be light. Let me tell you a little story. My good friend that was in the first service, his name is Dan. Dan told someone one time, he said, would you go get me a box of light? He said, I'm sorry. He went, okay, well, just bring me a box of darkness. He said, I'm sorry. And Dan said, get a box, put a lid on it, and tape it up. That'd be a box of darkness, and bring it back to me. 
His name was Leo. Leo literally got a box and put a lid on it, put tape on it. And he said, well, I know there's darkness in there. And he brought it to Dan. And Dan cut the tape, opened the lid, and said, I thought you told me there was darkness in there. And Leo Lewis, my late friend, said there was until you opened it. It doesn't matter what kind of darkness is in your heart. If you'll open it, God's light will shine. Take the lid off today. Open the door. And let God's light in. Just trying to remind you what Christmas is really about. It's the way to joy. And I'm determined to get you through this Christmas season full of the joy of the Lord because it's our strength. I love you so much. Brittany, I want you to pray over us. Can I share something? Sure. Fast? So, last Sunday night, my husband and I are sitting down watching TV, which we do a lot, unfortunately, and we decided to take this week and fast TV to see what God would do in our marriage because we spend, you know, two hours a night doing that. So tell each other this is what we're going to do this week. We're going to fast TV. We're going to sit at a table like older people do and eat dinner <laughs> together. <laughs> yeah, older. So, you know, I'm over here thinking, you know, we love Jesus so much. We're going to be super Christians and fast. And we had this time to sit down and talk and open each other up and see what's, you know, underneath all those layers. And it was hard. Like, it wasn't, you know, we had hard conversations over and over and over again. And we realized we were just masking these problems with television. <laughs> so the fact that he is preaching on this today, and if we would just open up to him, like stop, just stop. Why do we do it? Because we, you know, we want people to see us as super Christians and we love Jesus so much and we have great marriages and perfect kids. He's just looking down on us. Like, I, I want you. I don't want what you're pretending to be. I want you. I created you the way you are. And if we would just be obedient and submit ourselves to him for who we really are, all of it, like he's still going to love us. In the last chapter, 1 John 1, 2, like he says, I will be just to forgive you and I've died for your sin, not just yours, but the whole. Okay, let's pray. Let's pray. <sighs> Lord, we love you. We need more. We're not satisfied with normal. We're tired of normal. We need more of you. We want more. And if we don't, God, teach us to. Show us what it looks like to need more of you. It's not worth it. This world's not worth it without you. Bring us to our knees in humility in every area of our lives, in our marriages, in our parenting, in our families, in our careers, in our friendships, in our church, Lord. Bring us to our knees in humility. Let us walk in the light, not because somebody else is telling us to, Lord, but because we want you. You are the only true and good thing we've got. Just let us reach out for you and search for you, Jesus. Just let your love cover this congregation. Let your grace cover this congregation today. Increase, increase, increase. We want more. We love you.
We thank you, Jesus. Thank you for an amazing pastor that's not afraid to preach your word in its entirety and its truth. Open up our eyes to see the truth. We love you. Be with us today in Jesus' name. Amen. And let everybody say a big amen. Thank you, Brittany. Beautiful prayer. And before you get the big head, you married real good. I'm a Preston fan. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for being here on this first week of the December series. I make you this promise, and I'm going to empty out myself this month, everything that God has put in me. I don't want you going to your Christmas Eve waiting to wake up on Christmas morning expecting there to be a box of joy the box of joy was opened on Easter morning when the grave was torn open wide he's our joy I love you guys we're going to have an awesome Christmas I dismiss you with this Christmas Eve day the 24th falls on a Sunday be a big day here at Calvary. We're going to have a 9 o'clock service, 11 o'clock service. Where's Pastor Dustin? What is it? 6? And we'll have a 6 p.m. service. 9 o'clock, 11 will be our big Christmas service as we do annually. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be fabulous. Christmas Eve at 6, same day, but at 6, we'll have an awesome family time. It's going to be our candlelight service, one of the big, big nights of the year here at Calvary. So, the cool part is, it's all going to fall on one day. It's going to be a long day, but it's going to be a good day. And I know that you're going to be pulled on. And I'm asking you now, before grandma, before aunt and uncle, before everybody gets a hold of you, I'm asking you to be at one of the morning services and to be with us on that night. Why? Because I want you staying in the light. I want you staying close. Stay connected. When I see families drift, the next thing you know, they're almost like what drove John so crazy to write a letter. Here's my letter. Don't drift. Stay in the light. And watch what God will do for you. I love you so much. Excellent job, Brittany. Worship team, you've never been better. Give it up for them. God bless you. You're dismissed. God bless you.